Welcome to another Two-Age Sojourner. Great to be with you for Smoking Saturday. I trust that you're ready to relax and maybe even got your Bibles out. Uh, Saturday is just always a good day for me to chill, to read the Bible, to bring out as God, to do whatever. Just just kind of spiritual preparation. Uh, you might even go ahead and call this Spiritual Saturday. But you know what I mean? We've already talked about the connection of spirituality to smoke. So I'll leave that alone. More to come. So what am I smoking today? Um, I have got some, I, I'm, I like it, you guys know, I'm a, a pipe guy normally, but every now and again, um, we I have a good uh, gift given to me, uh, and I, I sort of treat this as a yearly thing, uh, pretty much since I've known Joe Thorne, um, and uh, every time I see him, he sort of brings me this, this, uh, this really awesome gift. Uh, and uh, usually that takes the form of some sort of tobacco. And uh, it looks like where we've landed are the new world tobaccos, that, uh, at least the new world, um, uh, what do you call these things again? Oh, yes, cigars. Uh, that's how foreign <clears throat> they are to me normally. But, um, yeah, just uh, I don't know if anyone has uh, heard of them. New world, um, I don't know much more about them. I know they come in a very cool box, and uh, they look pretty freaking awesome. But, you know, I don't know. I actually have no idea. And they smoke great. And they're huge. So, you know, what more do you want out of a cigar, really, at the end of the day? Um, <clears throat> so thank you, Joe Thorne. Really do appreciate that very, very generous gift. Um, pretty much uh, ever since I've known the guy, uh, he is a truly good brother. And uh, he expresses his love in the form of tobacco. And I receive it in the form of tobacco. <laughs> um, but here I am, Saturday, smoking a new world, uh, and it's all about spiritual uh, preparation for me at the moment. Uh, Sunday's always next, and uh, when be, I want to have a full heart and uh, a mind ready to go for the preaching of the Word. Um, one of the things that I like to do on Saturday is um, spend some time in the Psalms, um, and I have already mentioned uh, in, in a previous episode that the um, Valley of Vision Puritan uh, prayers are just amazing. Uh, as another um, tool for me on a Saturday, I use, I, you know, typically it, it won't be and or, it'll be both. I'll, I'll, uh, my process is just to dwell. You know, I, I want to just dwell in the Word. And I find that, you know, prayers, the prayers of Scripture, the prayers of, uh, of the saints over the years recorded for us and and uh, bouncing back and forth, it, I like it because it's it's not just some, um, you know, rigid, dogmatic, systematic formula. I think there's a time and place for that. I do love systematics. Uh, I do love doctrine, but uh, the reality is when there's sometimes you just want to sort of put on your music and dwell and chill and reflect and worship and uh, and almost just be filled and enjoy that time. I think that's super important. If that's not there in the Christian life, something's lacking. Um, and it's not where the action happens. The action happens on Sunday. Um, I believe that. I'm not a pietist, um, so don't get me wrong. But a prayer is important, and uh, the, the Psalms are a great gift to us. One of, the, one of the problems that I think people normally face when looking at the Psalms um, are kind of in the region of, of trying to understand them. I mean, basically what happens is you read it, it seems quite foreign, it's dealing with a, a perhaps a period of Israel's history you might not be sure of. 
Um, and so, you know, it seems a bit cryptic at times. The metaphors are strong, strong uh, uh, idiomatic statements and uh, very, very Hebrew uh, oriented sort of uh, ideas and uh, you know it sometimes it can have an accumulative effect of kind of steering us away we want to be sucked into the psalms we want to rejoice but we end up kind of being weirded out and just just um, almost uh, catapulted into a very cerebral study <clears throat> of the text as well uh, now there's nothing wrong with that but you know in trying to keep a balance um, of praying and, and, and reading and not getting too distracted as you go down any rabbit holes. I have over the years come up with a, a bit of a method um, that I, I would like to share with you. Um, it's um, in fact, thinking about Joe Thorne uh, and Doctrine and Devotion recently, I know at some point um, they, they have recently shared the ransom um, uh, Bible study method, which looks great and uh, certainly is is there. I, I have something similar in mind. I suppose it's it's a little bit more niche in that I'm thinking about this method specifically for the Psalms, and um, and just uh, specifically not not for getting your pen and paper out necessarily, but you know maybe for a commentary to be open at the same time and just just sort of guiding thoughts and helping you to pray. Uh, a, a method that you you can apply in the reading of every Psalm and I suppose every scripture. But ideally, uh, I think it's suited to the, I think there are better approaches one could take uh, if you're going to go to a text of scripture and study that. Uh, but if you're in a psalm and you're just chilling out and you're smoking a pipe or you're doing whatever you're doing um, and you just want to, you just want to worship, reflect, meditate, pray, and just spend, you know, uh, anything for a, from a good few minutes to, uh, to a good few hours in the psalms. Um, hopefully this will be of help to you. What I would suggest is you follow, uh, it's not called the ransom method, but it's called the mirror method. And I like it because it's equally uh, resonant with the idea of the Word of God. The Word is a mirror for our souls, right? We see ourselves through the Word. We read it, but it actually reads us. And uh, we see it, as James says, we we, we have an opportunity then to, to change ourselves. As we look in the mirror, we brush our teeth, uh, we see toothpaste all over our face. That's the whole point of the mirror, to wash the toothpaste off. Um, you know, it, it provides us an opportunity to respond, to change. Um, and so I like the, the um, acronym of mirror. Um, and uh, it stands for, just to run through these quickly, majesty of God. M for majesty. Um, I for instruction. Uh, and here I'm thinking instruction in theology and doctrine or wisdom. Um, repentance for the one R, redemption for the other R, obedience and response for the two remaining letters. So that gives up mirror. Let me let me quickly run you through uh, what, what I have in mind there. Uh, and just something really easy to remember and you can you know just open up to any psalm and you can just go straight into this. The first, you read through the psalm and you might understand it completely. You might really not have an understanding of what's going on. Uh, but let's say you read through a shortish psalm or one paragraph of a, or one stanza at least of a, of a uh, longer psalm and uh you, there you are you're like okay what now you know i'd like to dwell in this psalm but but what do i do well start by asking yourself where the psalm reflects the majesty of god where it reflects his glory and the psalms are full of that and that's why i like to open up with that question because you're not going to come away from that without some very lucid answer and something that actually will bring you to just in the question where is that majesty where is that glory where is the splendor of God revealed in this text? 
Um, just in asking that and answering it, you will find yourself in a meditative process, in, in something that will actually help you to then, um, you know, begin the process of worshiping. You're contemplating uh, the God that you're praying to uh, through the psalm, through the word, which is the best way to do it. Um, and uh, this gets you warmed up, you know, and it gets you, you might even find yourself catapulted into a whole lot of prayer right now. Some of those psalms are so so powerful that you know they use such powerful metaphors and and just such earthy language and yet such such glorious language to reveal to us through personification and through um you know anthropomorphism but but all these uh, means through which to reveal to us the power the strength the might of god the love of god uh the care of god for his for his saints the the wrath of god upon his enemies so that's the M, that's the majesty of God, that's the way to start. And then let that move you directly into thinking about the instruction, the I, the instruction of the passage. Uh, now this could be many things. It might be some, some instruction about theology or doctrine that you're reminded of, that you're, that's added to, if it's to do with your doctrine of salvation or your doctrine of creation or your doctrine of um, the Messiah um, Christology, or, or just it might be instruction on wisdom. Um, it, it, you know, just leave it open and, and just ask yourself, where am I being instructed? Where does the obvious instruction lie and what is it saying to me? Just at that level. Uh, it just, again, just asking that question and working through the psalm, it, it causes a contemplative, meditative kind of uh, feel to emerge as you spend that time in the Word. And uh, you'd be amazed at how much that takes just to, and then you know you just consider what it is that god is saying to you because that is what god's saying to you right there i mean that's his word and it's instructing you and pretty soon after you do that or even you know not soon not not uh, too long i should say after that happens you you especially if this is something pertaining to a commandment that god has given uh, or really many things wisdom uh, we start seeing our failure to have obeyed and uh, we start feeling a genuine sense of repentance arise. And that's what the R is about, uh, the, the third uh, letter in the acronym. Um, to let that let that take its natural course, to spend some time in repenting on those things that most likely will not be in alignment with what God is uh, commanding to you at the at the at the source of it and and you know catch yourself as well if you're thinking oh, i got nothing to repent for go back and consider what the instruction is and consider what its heart is you know there's murder and then there's murder of the heart there's adultery there's adultery of the heart as jesus shows us what is the heart of what god instructs us in and how is that how we failed uh, to obey him uh, i would i would argue that the way you want to get genuine repentance going is by considering simply what God instructs us in because uh, our failure alone is enough to bring about a um, a true repentance and uh, you know if you're anything like me this is a this is a big section of your um your praying or your meditating on the psalm you're just thinking about the things that you just honestly bring before God and say look you know Lord I have I have just messed up so bad and uh, I, I didn't even know I was messing up. And now there were sins of omission. And now, look, you've instructed me in this. And I realize of how far gone I am. And it's amazing how God speaks to you in these moments and how you correct your course. But, of course, we don't want to simply leave it at repentance. We want to leave it at repentance that goes to the gospel. And that's what the second R is for, uh, repentance and redemption. You want to go, uh, you might even want to insert the ransom Bible study method right here. I mean, this is... 
um, you know, if you wanted to go into any more detail, uh, really, that we're wanting to think gospel-centered thoughts at this point. Uh, but a simple process of 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 considering the way certainly the psalm itself might point you to the Messiah. Uh, there could be types and shadows there. Um, it, many of the psalms are directly messianic, and um, in that sense, you have an obvious uh, point to the gospel. But a lot of the Psalms, uh, maybe it's not so obvious, or perhaps you can't see anything directly messianic or typological. That's okay, because you know the story. You know the way the Psalm is connected to the rest of the Bible and the coming of the Christ and, and uh, now what He has done for you and the reality of the cross. And, um, and so you want to then go ahead and... Um, and come straight to the cross with your repentance and be overwhelmed by forgiveness and grace. Preach the gospel to yourself. Declare God's love over you um, on the authority of the gospel. Um, once you have repented of your sins, remember that uh, even if you failed repeatedly on the same issue, that doesn't mean that repentance is not real. Uh, repentance is real if you've resolved in the moment uh, to, to turn from these sins and to trust in Christ and then uh, doubt no more the love of Christ for you. Spend some time using the psalm to send you through your repentance to redemption, to, to Christ and uh, preach the gospel to yourself. And in the, the same token, then we go to the R, uh, at least the O, and you come out of any sort of gospel centrality with a desire to obey. If God, if I've messed up this bad and God still loves me, then, oh my goodness, my life is for him. I give him my life. And that's what obedience is about. Where would It might be just circling back to the thing you've already been instructed in. Maybe there's some other elements in the psalm to think about further. Um, but you want to ask where it is that you can lay your life upon the altar in response to God. And here you want to be resolved. You want to determine that these things uh, will happen even if you might fall in the future you want to focus in that moment of true repentance and true faith and true obedience and true determination and uh and then we end with response you might you know you could even put resolve here or something but i, I like response because it's nice and all-encompassing in that uh, it gets away from the idea of application uh, application that that word just freaks me out a little bit because you know everyone wants 17 steps and practical you know application from everything and i don't know just a lot to say about that but um the, the response is a better way to put it uh, how do, you know there's no way you're going to come out of the reading of that psalm without uh, and, and once you've gone through these things without wanting to respond and it might not be that you have 17 practical steps for how to manage your finance but it it, it might be and it will be that you want to respond in worship. God, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for your love. And then just spending a moment or two reading that psalm again and again with the idea of responding in worship and and uh, and praise and thanksgiving. It might be that your response needs to get up out of that chair and do the thing you just said you were going to do. Uh, it might be that the response is a resolve, a deep-seated resolve, a writing something down before God, it determining to do, do the thing. Uh, as you as you are in God's presence, uh, you know, uh, any number of things could happen at that point. But response is kind of an all uh, encapsulating way to end that time, and uh, certainly is appropriate as we think of the purpose of the Psalms for the people of God. So that's the mirror method. Hopefully, that gives you a way to uh, dwell 
uh, in the presence of God with the Psalms uh, to get your heart ready for church. Go to church. Church is where the action happens. But uh, if hey, if, if you're lighting up a, a pipe or a cigar, uh, why don't you try that today? Why don't you get out a psalm and go through the mirror method? And uh, I trust that blesses you. Thanks for joining me uh, on Two Age Sojourner. Check out some more at twoagesojourner.com. Get your butt to church tomorrow, and uh, we'll see you in the new week. Uh, bless you.